Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Box Office Pictures. <laughs> you can't even hold it together, Matthew, can you? No, so, the reason why I don't sound so enthused is because this is like the fourth time we've done it. I'm over-exaggerating, but Matt, because of Matthew, we had to restart the show yet again. So... He doesn't get to tell you what movie we're watching and who's here. We're watching Wonder Woman 1984. Wonder Actually, Wonder we're not Wonder Woman. Yeah, 1984. And guess what? Esteban's here. The only the, D, the only other DC person here. So thanks, Matt. You can continue on with the show where you left off last time. Yeah. Well, I, I want to let the listeners know that they couldn't hear it the first three times, but I had a standing ovation. I know. Three, but since Matt ruined everything, yeah, Matt, you ruined it. Nobody stood up this time, so whatever. Jeez. You know what? I hate. This. I, think, I hate this place. I, I think show. the one guy in the back stood up. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, he's like Bob. He's cleaning. He's mopping. Stab! Stab! We love you. He's the only guy. He's the only one who had the energy to do it the third time. <laughs> the third time. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm ex. I'm, you know, I'm still excited. You know, whatever. I'm still excited to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. But before we talk about that, we got to talk about some news. We're gonna talk about what you're watching, uh, and yeah, we're gonna dive right into it. So let's let's talk about the news. Uh, a little bit of movie news this week. Uh, Disney Plus announced another, yet another. Star Wars series. Like, we didn't already have enough. I'm not complaining, but they announced a lot, and then we're getting a lot more. Uh, and so they announced another Star Wars series. The Book of Boba Fett is coming in December of 2021. This was announced at the end credit scene of the season two finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, so without giving anything away, it was just a title card of, you know, this is coming, and it's coming December 2021. Uh, there was a lot of speculation if, if Boba Fett was going to be the center of uh, season three. Yeah, I remember that was like kind of like the talk after the finale was over. But a couple days later, um, Disney did confirm that this would be a separate Star Wars series set in the, tam- the same timeline as The Mandalorian. John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez would serve as the executive producers of this new series. So... A lot of people were questioning, you know, why didn't we get a Boba Fett series announced when the Investor Day was happening? Obviously, they were saving it for a surprise. So, Esteban, without giving anything away uh, from what happened in the season finale of The Mandalorian, uh, how do you feel about this new Boba Fett series coming? Oh, my God. Um, first <laughs> of all, that season finale was yes. just... I haven't even started it yet. I don't don't even want to try to give anything away to anybody because that's one of those ones that I feel like you gotta like experience on your own and and just be like no no okay yeah but um but it was great you know and which was funny because after it ended as well too I didn't know to stay for an end credit scene because none of the other episodes have ever had an end credit scene so um 
so whenever so whenever that I had I had saw you know the extended amount I was like oh are we showing every single person that helped in the credit scene like what's going on <laughs> um, but there was that little bit of extra so I was like oh that's awesome I'm here for a Boba mm-hmm. Fett like you know series I think that's a great add on I think it's something that we already all wanted anyways to begin with so when Disney announced yeah. you know all 427 you know side you know <laughs> stories that they were going to be telling um and bobo fett was like out of the mix i think everybody was like mm-hmm, yeah that's nice but where's what we really want mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know yeah. and then you know season finale comes and they're like boom there it is wait you ungrateful bitches <laughs> yeah oh you guys are like really you guys um, are really yeah i kind of <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, we have to because we don't want to give anything away. And also, also like, we're going to have our full spoiler review later, uh, like, in, in the coming weeks. So we want to save all that for when we do talk about it. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree with Esteban. I think it's a long time coming. I think people were – I mean, weren't there rumors, like, a while ago that there was going to be a, um, a Boba Fett movie in the works before yeah, Disney Plus was, was a like thing a and everything or something and all that other stuff like kind of show how he came to be and all that other stuff and right there was I, I remember there was talks about that as well too so I think that I think that's also one of those things that we were kind of waiting to be like oh all right maybe they'll announce the movie or something but I think this yeah. is a good way to kind of just backdoor pi- backdoor pilots are my favorite honestly yes. like you know Doom Patrol came out of a backdoor pilot on an episode of Titans that's right and you know I, I think backdoor pilots are 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 a great way to introduce the characters see kind of like feel everybody out do we still like him do we not like him does nobody give a crap about him and you know, and then obviously i mean the fan like fan favorite boba fett is still there so i mean everybody was like yes like give us what yeah. we want <laughs> <laughs> yes and also what we saw in season two of the mandalorian of boba fett i think everyone was like yeah we can give him his own series yeah uh but uh Ernesto, were you a fan? Because I, I mean, for me personally, before the the Mandalorian, and I mean, even with the 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 Clone Wars, the animated series, I wasn't a big Boba Fett fan, and I ne- never understood the hype. So, without really seeing anything from season two, are you excited that he's having his own series? Yeah, I mean, because he's always been a favorite. I mean, you can go meet okay. Boba Fett at Disney, even though That's he true. play he does play a very small role. In the initial trilogy, this is why, yeah. you know, every everybody's always been, they always love Boba Fett, but I'm, but isn't yeah. my question is, isn't the Mandalorian timeline take place after the initial trilogy, after the fall of the Empire? Yes. So, but Boba Fett is already dead. So I'm, I without watching the Mandalorian, I just hope that they explain that. Yeah, they do. They do. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. It, it, it is it is explained. You know. And speaking of like how long he was on screen, I was just like looking up, looking it up because I was like, yeah, you know, he is a fan favorite for like such a short amount of time. He was only on screen for six minutes and thirty two seconds. Yeah. Wow. So, My God. So, yeah, it's it's so, crazy. <laughs> and, I guess and it was cool though. Thirteen seconds of it is which his ship is. It's only his ship. So technically, like, you know, <laughs> it's shorter than, than that. Six and a yeah. half minutes. You know, he's he's been on screen. So for I mean. You got to do something really great. <laughs> I mean, and it's weird, like you know, to give people less than seven minutes of screen time, and and generations have been so obsessed with this character. Seriously, I I don't I I that's why I never kind of gravitated toward him because I'm like, what do you really do, Boba Fett? Well, I mean, yeah, they say you're an assassin, but I'm like, what did you do? I didn't I didn't see anything. And then they kind of gave him a backstory in the prequels, but like other than that, like. 
not much. But I'm yeah. I'm happy that they kind of like, what's the word like uh, reinvented or kind of brought him back into the spot, reincarnated. They uh, put him back in the spotlight. You know, give him some weight to him. And I think I think this this new book book of Boba Fett will probably give us a lot of backstory into this character that a lot of fans were probably waiting for that they didn't get from the books that I'm sure a lot of was explained about his character. So I'm looking forward to it as well as any other Star Wars show. Honestly, they can announce, they can announce, you know, the Jar Jar Binks show. I'm like, I'm interested. Go ahead. What? Would you though? <laughs> it's like, you, you know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, now that you said it, you know what? I, I might, I might just watch it. You know what? Somebody would. They'll make a, they'll make a kids TV show of Jar Jar Binks that makes you understand his character in the prequels. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's all you need, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, and then the other piece of news is a Blumhouse production and Morgan Creek are developing a sequel to the 1973 horror classic The Exorcist, uh, with Alien. I'm sorry, not Aliens. With Halloween director, the, the, the 2008 Halloween director David Gordon Green, uh, in talks to helm the film. So I guess first off, I'll ask you, uh, Estevan, uh, have you seen The Exorcist and does it need a sequel? Because I've never seen it and I have no idea anything about this. Well, I know very little about this movie, I should say. Let me tell you my experience with The Exorcist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mom and Dad refused for me to watch that movie as a kid. And I got lucky enough that I got sick in school one day, so I had to leave early. And I went to my grandma's house. And my aunt had, like, a TV with every VHS you can think of. She recorded everything, so she had everything on VHS. So I'm sick in bed. I'm watching, waiting for the family to come back for, like, family dinner at my grandma's that evening. And I find The Exorcist in the back row of the VHSs. And oh. I put it on, and I had my finger on the stop eject button the entire time just watching it. And my jaw was literally on the floor the entire time i was like so <laughs> messed up with that i was just like when she's just like stabbing herself she's like fuck me fuck me and i'm like yeah. yeah what is happening that's intense i should have never watched this <laughs> <laughs> my parents were right my parents were right they were right. Why did they're I... never right <laughs> why didn't i listen why didn't i listen I was like, I'm just going to watch like four hours of Winnie the Pooh VHSs now. So you can kind of just erase that out of my memory. <laughs> um, but you know what? I, you know, but then growing older, I'm a huge fan of horror. Um, I love the genre. I'm a big Scream fan. Um, so, you know, I, I, I adore The Exorcist. I think it's a great piece of cinematic history that falls into the horror, but also falls into like a more progressive um era of it as well too because it's very dramatic and there's a lot more to it than just like you know the devil itself and everybody's dealing with a whole bunch of different other side you know plots you know his mother and everything else so i'm i'm excited for it i want to see what a new version can do for it i'm i'm here for it as well too just because 2018's halloween i loved i thought it was mm -hmm. a it was a brilliant you know reintroduction into michael myers and kind of just like telling everybody hey guess what from two on, we're going to forget all that shit happened. So pretend <laughs> yeah. that it was a fan film. <laughs> pretend those yeah. were fan films. <laughs> this is the true sequel. And everybody was like, all, like we, we all stood up together and we said, 
okay and we went to okay. the theaters and watched it <laughs> and it was and, and it was it was great it was brilliant it was a great yeah. one i can't wait till the next two sequels so i think that the directors know what they're doing and i'm excited to see where they take the new or this you know this re-envision of the exorcist um back to those you know i mean you can't do the Exorcist without the like the actual theme song so don't mess with certain things like you got to have that <laughs> creepy that creepy ambiance to it but that seems like something that's something that they really did well in the 2018 Halloween. Like they really like honored the music and like what the true what the first one was like all about. But I guess they're going to yeah. do the same thing with The Exorcist because there's already two other Exorcist films that exist. There's three it's a it's already part of a movie trilogy like the original. Oh, okay. So yeah, so so you're saying that they might be just canceling out the sequels and just doing an, a direct sequel from the first one. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be the trend right now as well, too, because I know Scream 5 just finished filming, but Scream 5 is not going to be called Scream 5. It's going to be called Scream. So. Like the first one? Just like the first one? But Halloween did the same thing. Halloween didn't do Halloween 2 or Halloween Resurrection. It just went back to Halloween. So, right. I mean, it feels like the trend is to, it's kind of like reviving everything and giving it the same name. So a new generation can come in and be like, oh, my God, do you remember like 2018 when Michael Myers? It was like, oh, my God, that was such a throwback. But in reality, you know, our, I mean, because we're getting older, I guess. But because um, <clears throat> now it's like, oh, my God, Michael Myers. I was like, which one? But man, I mean, I'm here for all this. But what happened to like something inspiring you to make something else so like instead of them making the exorcist why not make something take the best parts of what you like of what inspires you about the exorcist and make your own shit that just it you know you just honor the exorcist at being what you base it off of does that make does that make any sense like i yeah, feel yeah, like the you, originality you, is is missing in hollywood right now everything yeah. is either re is like it's been recycled or it's a sequel or it's you know it's drowned out to the point where you're like all right i think we're done with that one <laughs> yeah what, ha what happened to like art imitating art you know what i mean i don't know i just feel like yeah. that like i don't know start writing <laughs> maybe you can watch you can watch the exorcist but maybe like write a story that's kind of like it's like the story like the teacher gave you an assignment and all you did was copy it like yeah like fuck that where's the spark notes copy paste <laughs> just change this scene change this scene i'll make this feel like how make this little bit of jazz it up to be me and then here you go that's what it feels yeah. like yeah well i mean obviously ip sells you know that when you when we hear a new sequel you're like oh okay awesome but when you hear and here's an original horror film that's coming in 2021 I'm like, well, that I can't really talk about that. I guess I'll see it in, I guess I'll see it next year. And like, it's, it's one of those movies are kind of like surprise hits, and they're indies. Like the companies are not going to invest that much money into making those type of films. But if it's big and kind of similar to like The Quiet Place, that was huge. And all of a sudden oh now we're, it's developing into a franchise. And that was from uh, a person that we all knew and loved, but not as a director, as an actor, John Krasinski. So yeah, so he took it like he had his own original idea, and now it's it now become a franchise. I feel like that's not not the last big one, but like as far as horror to note, uh, that was a pretty original yeah. film that that, yeah. that kind of took over to the masses. Head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I, well I as um, and it's and it's hard though because you know what, like like you were saying, like it's hard, like uh, you just explained, the moment you hear scream five or you the moment you hear halloween whatever or or friday the 13th whatever you're like ooh, 
Like, even if it's shit, because it, because, yeah. I mean, we all know they've all been shit, but the next time they say another one's coming, I was like, I'm going to watch it because they, they, ha- I have high hopes for it. And I was like, why do I keep right. doing this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, and um, the directors for the new Scream um, were the directors for Ready or Not. And I found that movie Ooh. just mm. highly entertaining. That was like an original concept. I loved it, I thought it was great. Agreed. Played off horror really well. Played the comedy portion of it really well as well too. So I was like, it was, it, it had such a good dynamic in that film with originality at the same time. Ooh, sold you. Well, uh, you definitely sold me on the new Scream movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, it's funny because like when they when they said, oh, here's a new Scream. We're bringing back all the characters from the old one. I'm like, well, they were back from the other sequel. This isn't news. They were all, they already did it. <laughs> they were in Scream Four. <laughs> yeah, you're just bringing them back again. This isn't breaking news. Um, but another person, another uh, you know, original tale that kind of took over the masses and won an Oscar is uh, Jordan Peele. Get out and us. He he's taking, oh. our, you know, he's transforming the game so of good. original horror movies. So yeah. and they're out there. But like Jordan Peele was already a name for himself, and he was trying something new. So like yeah. I I I think they're like they're if production companies are not being sold on IPs, they're being sold on a person who is maybe already established. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in his own right. So, like, it, it is going to be very rare where we have an unknown director and an unknown story to get us into, like, hit, like, the, the big masses. Um, Ernesto, we recently reviewed uh, his house on Netflix, unknown director, first project. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved it, but, like, no one heard about it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, I mean, like, you loved it. I was, like, I loved it. I was, that's right. I was, like... I was like maybe 50-50 with it. It wasn't bad. That's right. Yeah. But yeah. it also wasn't bad. Uh, <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair. But it, it's also one of those movies that like it just didn't capture, it, you know, the uh, into to the masses. It wasn't huge and popular. So like when studios see that, they're like, well, let me just go back to The Exorcist. A lot of people like that, and I'm sure if we say they're making a sequel, they're gonna buy into it. So. Unfortunately, there's a lot of money, a lot of money in, in Hollywood that we can't get all of those original yeah. tales. But when we do get them and they're good, we also know about it as well. <laughs> and then they become then they become you know part what? of the mess. Like, yeah. Yes. And, and you know what? I think with things like um, <clears throat> The Exorcist, they excite me because that was like what the 19. What was that? What was the first? 1973. 1973. So mm-hmm. 1973, and we're now in 2020. Obviously, digital and practical effects have come crazy you know from then but there's such a magic to the original where it's like jesus christ like how did y'all do that because like right the the only way for me to think of y'all to do that is to do computer you know graphics and stuff but y'all did a lot of practical stuff so i think that's that's also like my issue with like some of the newer jurassic worlds is that you went Mm. too much digital without any practical and the the practical is what made the magic of the movie like yeah we saw dinosaurs for the first time in our lives when Steven Spielberg showed us dinosaurs and raptors like yes. walking into a kitchen, and we were just like, "What is happening right now? Um, where did you find them? The the yeah, like where did you find these? Like how did you get them?" And, and as opposed to like now, where it's like, "Oh, look, there's a raptor," but I can totally tell it's digital, and I don't know if it's because right. we're so washed with the fact that everything is digital and we can kind of tell it apart now yeah. but it's just it's one of those things where i was like i want show me more practical i want to see puppets i want to see somebody throwing up green vomit onto a priest <laughs> like, 
<laughs> but like, don't CG it. I want to see. I actually do it I this time. Don't no, but that's a good point. That computer effects. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a but really yeah, excites, really good point. Yeah. Me, yeah. That's a really good yeah. point because but the first one me, is. You never about know that. when it's gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. But yeah. So uh, hopefully, you know, with the Exorcist, they kind of bring back kind of what we all want from these sequels is like give us the first one but just a little bit better or not i'm sorry not better but like like make us want to love the like we want callbacks you know you know respect the original level up a little bit yeah just a little bit yeah (laughs) don't go too much but you know enough that's gonna make me be like oh my god like yo wow it's like i want this i want the same thing but different with a little bit of the same thing from the beginning but it has to be completely yeah. different and i and i want i don't i, I want to love it just as much if not more than the first one <laughs> that's but, it but, <laughs> but not but not i don't want to love it too much that i'm gonna hate the first one but just enough where i i will love them equally but not the same <laughs> yeah now write that we, now go write that shit <laughs> Go write that I, shit. Like, for real. Like I was saying, like, I watched it as a kid, and even if you watch it now, there's lines in that film where you're just like, oh my. Because <laughs> it was yeah. like, your mother sucks cocks in hell. I was like, oh! Yeah. Like, why would you talk about somebody's mom like that? I know you're the devil, but calm down. <laughs> I know. Why are you so angry? <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, who hurt you? <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs> I, I've never seen The Exorcist. I, I For some reason, that's like, I'm not sure if I want to visit that one. But with the sequel, like, all right, I might, I might watch it. But like, it's not one like, mm, I'm just gonna put you aside. I watch a different horror movie. How about that? We'll have to do um, a double feature. Are you feature. a fan of horror? Uh, well, it's not my first genre to go okay. to. So like, <laughs> so, so, so I guess no. <laughs> but I feel like, but Matt, I feel like you've come to appreciate horror. Like, certain, oh yeah, of course, certain types yeah, of yeah. horror. Oh, I yeah, love definitely. Horror. Um. If you have not, I know we're still doing news and stuff, but if you have not, Eli Roth did a series last year and this year called History of Horror. And it was like each season was like eight to ten episodes, and each episode was a different form. So like episode one was slashers. They did part two slashers. And then the third episode was like ghosts or paranormal. So then he just they just break down every like different kinds of movies from all the genres of horror from like really bad horror to campy horror to like nightmare on elms and everything in between and he has every he has jordan peele on he has you know oh, um, wow. interviews with wes craven before he passed he has like interviews with like a, a stephen king anybody that you can think of that's done horror are doing these interviews with eli roth and it is just it is so awesome to like watch and and listen he also has a podcast now too um history of horror oh yeah i, I I just looked it up. Uh, looks like it's available on AMC. Is that where the series was? Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks like they have two seasons already developed. One, one in 2018. The second season just happened this October. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. You know, I might They're check really this good. out. I think you'll enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. I think this might give me – because I like – obviously, I like film. So, And then horror was yeah. never the one that I gravitated toward. But, like, there is some level, like, last week we just reviewed Black Christmas, and, like, there was appreciation there, but, like, if I'm like, all right, Matt, you got it's, you got a free night, put on the TV, where are you going to watch? Horror is not my first one I'm going to pick. <laughs> I'm feeling That's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling spooky. <laughs> 
But but that being said, you, you know, the haunting of Hill House. I had a spooky Saturday. Ooh. <laughs> Curled up, watch a good scary <laughs> movie, turn the lights down low. Yeah. <laughs> lights down low. Well, you know what? It's funny. I'm actually that you said um, haunting a Hill House. I'm actually reading the original book right now, so it's like oh nice, Ooh, nice. Both, so yeah. Yeah, and that was a great series. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, that was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, but yes, that's all the news we have for you guys this week. Now we're going to move on to what you're watching. So Estevan, you are our guest for this week yet again. What have you been watching? <laughs> yet again. Yet um, again. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, those past couple weeks have kind of been like really crazy with the holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody, sure. by the way. Yeah. Um, yes. And um, I've so it's kind of just been like a lot of the holiday specials. And everything. Um, I recently watched uh, Last Christmas. It's on HBO Max now. Uh, we watched um, the the Disney Christmas Day celebration, which is usually a parade, but since COVID, thanks Trump. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But um, and it's just one of those things where we watch that every Christmas as well, and then just kind of like all the the family specials. Um, and then Netflix wise, I mean, obviously I just watched, um, I finished Selena. I know y'all, um, talked about that last week. So that was, um, that was a mandatory thing that I had to watch since being from Texas and being from Corpus Christi. Um, and so, hold, hold on, hold on with Selena. Yeah. What, so overall with the series, what did you think compared to the film? That was all right. <laughs> <laughs> really i actually i feel like we kind of um, got into it a little bit i feel like i got a more out of the series i guess story-wise than i did out of the yes. film well you know i think they took the key player out of the selena series which is selena out of the first part of this of season one it was very much kind of like let's show you what suzette's doing let's show you what um you know ab's doing and how you know abraham treats the family so it was it was kind of like one of those things where i was like oh i appreciate all of this i really do um and then like it left like the the season finale of part one left at an odd place but also felt like the right place to leave off at yep and it was it was it was also really weird because i mean i personally wouldn't have even introduced yolanda's um the one that you know killed her um until second part i mean you you introduced her into part one of, of the season and it was just a phone call saying oh i'm so excited to be her fan club president i was like nobody gives a fuck about you like we all know what you did <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like save her save her for the next half like we know what's happening like like stay true to like what's going on um but they did do a really good job of like bringing in like the 80s and everything as well too i thought it was a really good job with the hair and it's funny because they go do you think she looked like selena i go she's a dead ringer for j-lo <laughs> in certain like you know she the, the way she looks mm. i was like oh my god that looks like j-lo like exactly <laughs> but not exactly like selena <laughs> which is funny yeah. because i was like oh my god she's a dead ringer for j-lo but not exactly selena yeah, I would have to say I enjoyed it, but I definitely, like when you said it kind of felt like Hallmark, I totally, like his opening scene when they're in the hospital, I was right? like, oh, I was like, I see, I see what he means. So like, I guess from that point on, I was just like, I was like, for forgiving of anything that I noticed that I picked up, I guess, because I already went yeah. into it knowing that it already had that like aesthetic to it. But I yeah. mean, with the Yolanda thing because, like, for those... Matt... For, with the Yolanda thing for Matt, Matt didn't know who Yolanda was. We actually explained it. Well, I guess you, when you watched the movie, then you, it was kind of spoiled for you. 
right, Matt? Yeah, 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 it, it was. I mean, oh, that's a spoiler, but, like, I understood who that character was now. And what they, basically, what, what part one, they teased her, her she's going to have a bigger role in, in part two, obviously. Obviously. Um, <laughs> so, well, that kind of just gave her a little tease. But overall, like, and, and I've, we've had this discussion before, you can listen to episode 55 uh, for our full review on Selena, the series. But in a nutshell, I enjoyed the series a lot more because they just told more story. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah. I felt like that the, the movie kind of gave us a lot of highlights uh, compared to the series. And, like... I I was able to understand more about the movie because I just finished watching this series. Agreed. And so, like, yeah. I feel like we didn't really focus on the family, which is an interesting part of her story, in my opinion. Um, and this is yeah. just me going off of what I've seen from the show and the movie. So I actually really enjoyed it. The production value didn't really bother me that much uh, because I felt like that they were kind of building to that fame and success. And everything was kind of like a low budget in the first place. So I was fine with it. Oh, OK. I, always felt, I just felt so bad for the family the entire time, too. I was just like, oh, God, Abraham, just let him enjoy it once in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, and I just finished the new season of Big Mouth as well, too, on Netflix. And. Mm. I don't know if yeah. y'all watch Big Mouth, but I, I did. love Big Mouth. Um, I love John Mulaney, who recently just went to rehab. That's um, right. But uh, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, I think, are just brilliant in anything that they do. And then this show, I think, is just such a, such an amazing way to depict, you know, teenage hormones and, you know, puberty <laughs> and everything in, in the most funniest sense. And I think it's so funny. Yeah, what, so what did you think about this season compared to the other seasons? Because I actually, that, that one's on my list this week as well. I just finished this last season of Big Mouth. Um, so th- that one, well, it's funny because you know what? I think I think this uh, this season felt a little bit more self-aware of themselves. <laughs> yeah. And, but um, like they really were kind of breaking that fourth wall, especially in that episode where the girls were like, actually, you're on our show. And they're like, what? cafeteria girls and but i also i mean man it, it it's like they they like nick and john or whoever writes it and everything as well too are really kind of going into like what everybody else is like dealing with i think on a daily the anxiety you know mosquito i think it's just like a brilliant addition into like this entire thing it's like oh it's like you know you know the um, what is it the depression the depression kitty, kitty. And, yeah yeah <laughs> And she's like, oh yeah, we go way back. <laughs> we work like, so oh. we work so well together. I, and it's so funny because I mean, like I, you know, I have anxiety as well too. I'm sure we all have anxiety in some sort. And, and it's funny because when you hear that mosquito going, it's like, oh my god, don't do that. They're all gonna hate you. I was like, oh my god, they're right. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's weird. Yeah, it's it's really it's yeah. really strange how they how they do it sometimes and how I mean, not really giving too much away about the season, but another like hormone monster they introduced was mm-hmm. the gratitude the gratitude like you yeah. know like to help you learn to help you help kids learn how to be to practice gratitude appreciate yeah. and just how to practice gratitude every day and like like incorporate like deep breathing in into your everyday practice it, like there's a lot of it that's like just really off the wall bonkers shit. Like sh- some shit is yeah. just like really crazy. Like they at one point they show having sex with your pillows like is, yeah yeah, or or like when the the one girl Jesse, when they show her about to go and down on her boyfriend, and she sees the penis for the first time, and they show a cartoon penis that's talking to you. Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, you want to flick me? And then like she flicks him down. It was, it's really like some of it is like really strange, but I feel like they no, they like... incorporate some good messages within the series itself. Really, you're selling it, that good message. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but it's it's true though. Like they really they just they it go really yeah. they they don't leave anything out. Like they, you're gonna get I mean, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything and the ugly, like everything. I mean, when she when she discovers her period for the first time, and then like they're and they're trying to put a tampon on, she's like, I yeah. put a tampon on this summer, and yeah. it's like, and it's it's funny because even the tampons talking to her and <laughs> her vagina's it's, talking to her, and it's I mean I this is probably not selling it to anybody that hasn't watched it yet. No. But then you know it's like how was that? And it's like you did great in like a really bloody like <laughs> yeah like, oh my god <laughs> it's but i mean it's 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 brilliantly written and it is you know to the untrained eye i guess it's it's kind of raunchy <laughs> yeah if you look at it if you look at it on if you look at it just on the surface level then it's very yeah. like like it's a huge turn off like it's not funny like i'm sure people yeah. are like this shows that shows garbage but like if yeah. you take the time to really listen to the show and like what they got going on like then you'll see that yeah there's a lot of crazy shit there but it's also like really funny and kind of like you feel like informed a little bit like like oh yeah. like you see you like you find yourself like oh i do kind of remember that is kind of what it was like during that time i do remember being like that it, it did kind of feel like there was a, a a horny monster following me around like telling me what to do like honestly like you like you really like you almost like kind of relate to what they're going through yeah so but and, but I mean, yeah, you can't use this as a teaching moment oh. could you you could yeah you could (laughs) Um, i'm not convinced (laughs) it's like yeah 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 (laughs) yes you could um i think if you used it if you use clips from the show you could use it as teaching moments um depends on who you're showing it to i guess because i mean there is a lot of profanity as well too and just like a lot of other taboo like topics that that I think are just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, sounds, sounds like, gotta, sounds like you're dancing you around watch. this. I, I'm... <laughs> no, but okay. But like, okay. Good example. A good example from this season is like, they show one of the characters. I think his name is Aiden. He's like the kid. He's like the gay kid in high school. Who's like on oh, yeah, the verge yeah. of whether or not he wants to come out. They spent a whole episode about him, like kind of coming, like his mom finding out. And like the whole episode deals with, him coming out to his mom and really like going through that whole acceptance period with his family. So I was like, oh, that's that's a kind of cool. That was a cool concept for an episode, yeah, like to kind of cool. give a yeah, to kind of give us that you know envision of what it what it could be like, what that kid would be going through, like all the emotions involved that are involved with that, just shown through yeah. a really raunchy cartoon. <laughs> And, you know, they did a good job, too. I mean, do you remember when your friends would, like, move away to a different school and then you, like, meet up with them at another, like, you know, they're, I don't know if they were, like, trying to compensate for, like, their new friends or try to, like, showcase, like, they're doing better or whatever. But they kind of show that in the show as well, too. Like, one of the girls goes to a different school in the city, like, a private school. They meet up for, like, a, um, I think it was, like, a field trip or something. Yes, and it was. it was just one of those things where they, like, balance back and forth. Of, like, how do you still deal with friendships when they're not? 
directly in school anymore with you like are you still friends do we like go do we kind of get over you or in everything so it's i mean it's nice there are some really nice moments in the show that you're like oh like that was a really good lesson <laughs> but then there's yeah. times where it's like <laughs> oh fuck your pillow it's like oh okay that's a little much <laughs> like <laughs> suck, suck the mud off my toes Jay. it's like it's like it's like whoa it's like what yeah, the some, fuck is happening it's really crazy <laughs> yeah so, yeah, yeah so like, I've been watching some Rocky I, I, children. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, South Park I hear is what like you guys that. are saying. Yes, it is. And I don't like South Park for that same reason. I feel like, like, there are episodes of South Park that I can watch, and there are also episodes of South Park I cannot watch. Really? Uh, because it's just like I'm not I'm not into that type of humor. So like as I'm hearing everything you guys are saying, but it it you're, it sounds like a show that it's not for me. Yeah, Matt just said that me and Ernesto are shit people for watching. <laughs> Pretty much, he's like he's like secretly judging us. He's like, oh, you like that show? He's like noted, nope. and he's not invited anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and this will be your last appearance. <laughs> Don't be bringing that smut onto my channel. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> I never said it was a family show, but. <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else you got? Yeah, I'm about to say that. Um, He's like, change the subject, please. Stop talking about, <laughs> about cartoon kids and sexual things. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, what else? Um, I've kind of... Oh, so I um, in pre- am uh, preparing for Wonder Woman 1984. I was just revisiting like DCEU stuff, which I'm going to stop calling it the DCEU. It's not the extended EU. I'm just going to call it the DC Multiverse. They should just call it the DCMU <laughs> or MV. Um, so I went back and uh, revisited um, Batman v Superman, um, Dawn of Justice, the um, extended cut. So it's like the full three-hour one, which I prefer. Jesus. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot, but you know what? I'm here for it. Um, and, you must be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, revisited Wonder Woman, obviously, and then kind of just like watched. And then I go into like a rabbit hole because HBO Max has some really great DC content. Um, if you're not on HBO Max, get it because it's like there's a lot of good content on HBO um, Max. So I, I, you know, with my siblings, you know, we're big fans of like the animated um, DC shorts. So un- like Under the Red Hood. Um, mm. Justice League War, Justice League Dark, and a few of those other ones as well, too. Just kind of getting that mindset of, you know, DC heroes. So it's been good. Okay. Yeah. Under the Red yeah. Hood is pretty underrated. Oh. What, that, that's a great animated film. Under the film. Red Hood, me and Ernesto watched it so much that I think we actually had to buy another DVD one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one with Jen. Isn't that the one with Jensen Enkels from uh, Supernatural? Yeah, from Supernatural. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. Turned it into a film. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I've seen that one. I and I did like it. I just have I might have only seen it once though. Yeah. Um, but that's good. I mean, it looks like you get into the mindset. I'm like, I don't think I've ever sat through three hours of Dawn of Justice. I think it's just been the one two and a half hours of Dawn of Justice. I I that movie was not good. You know what? I'm it. People are gonna probably disagree with me on it as well too because I was like, that movie was not good. I was like, you know what? I will agree with you. The theatrical version was not good. And they're like, okay. well, what's thirty minutes do? And I was like, honestly, the 30 minutes really <laughs> helped out. It, it really did. It helped out a lot. Okay. Because the desert scene was extensive, so you knew why she was there. And then it went a little bit more extensive in the fight scene. The um, uh, the warehouse fight scene with Batman was, like, 
more brutal. They're like there's blood and everything. So I'm like, yes. Do it. Justice. <laughs> I was like, justice. They're like, you can't shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it was good. And, you know, that 30 minutes really did help and added a, an extra layer to what I think Zack really wanted to. You know, that's what sucks is that I'm I'm such a Zack Snyder fan. And I think that Sounds he just like gets. It. He, yeah. Um, but he, I think that he just gets, you know, edited far more than he wants to and like and his work gets diluted and when your work gets diluted you know people start to hate it because then they don't really see the real like vision of what you had i mean again another Zack snyder watchman the theatrical version of it is i think trash but yeah. then if you see the director's cut version it's so good like you're yeah. like oh my god this is such a better movie <laughs> yeah i'd have to agree with you on that one definitely what on watchman yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I plan on watching the director's cut when we get closer to the Snyder cut of Justice League. So I will be making that, that, that commitment to watch what I'm going to assume is seven hours of content at the yeah. end of it, of this whole thing. It's not yeah. even enough for me. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, all right. All right. <laughs> um, all right, anything else you got? Or that's it? No, that's pretty much all I got right now. Just been all right. relaxing for the holidays. <laughs> Sounds good. Est, uh, Ernesto. Damn it, Matt, you did <laughs> it to me. Every time. Every time. Man. All right, well, like I said, I finished um, the last season of Big Mouth. You can... If you did, if you missed it, you can rewind. We kind of already went into it, but I more, I more or less, I more or less enjoyed it. Um, I would say that I didn't enjoy it as much as the other seasons, but it was still, but I still liked it. Kind of leave it at that. And uh, I started Bob's Burgers on Hulu. Oh, for the first yeah. time. Yeah, for the first time. I know, Steph, you're a big fan, aren't you? I'm a huge Bob's fan. <laughs> You know, well, I, thank never, you. <laughs> I, ne- I never understood what the appeal was, but now that I've I've, ar- I've already burned through the first season and I've started on the second season, I totally see what the appeal is. Like, it's it just, only gets better, sir. <laughs> I could I could kind of tell. And, like, the little girl who plays Louisa, like, um, she is hilarious. She's probably, oh my she's probably my favorite. It's like, hold on, I'm going to go get him. She, like, peeks her head out the window. She's like, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> And then Tina is kind of like a like a like a quiet sex crazed teenager. Like it's 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 so weird. She just says like the the weirdest random shit all the time. It's and the he, best. And it's funny. And then I don't know if he's in the later seasons, but they have the contractor guy who comes into the who comes into the shop all the time. I know <laughs> the guy who I used to have a contractor come to my house, and he is literally he is like an English version of him. The guy I know is Spanish, and <laughs> like he is literally the it's literally like they took him, they they met him in real life, and they wrote him on screen. Like it's like dead <laughs> on, like telling like the random stories and like keeping going. And it's like all right, you gonna do some work, Jerry? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> I think his name is Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's great. It's great. I really, I really enjoy it. I mean, I'm excited to see it, and I see that there's a lot of seasons. So this one's gonna yeah. keep me busy for a while. <laughs> um, and you know what? There's, there's such, it's such a good show that it's easy to revisit. Like I go back and watch like episodes so frequently. Like they have, because they have Christmas episodes every season. They have Thanksgiving episodes every season. So mm. like you're gonna see the trend because like there's certain things that they do where you're like, oh, can't wait for that one next, you know, next season. 
but oh man i mean i think the writing on that show is just brilliant and it's so funny and it's hilarious um like a, a small thing sir like if you like start watching the title sequence like the the shop next to them constantly changes and there's always like a pun i and, just uh, i just noticed that i just noticed that maybe like two episodes ago i said oh the yeah. that brown building name keeps changing i wonder if that's gonna be like a thing yeah, like every every episode, there's a different there's a different name on it, and then also like right in um like right when that um that van pulls right in front of the the screen, the van is always like some funny like name like pull up pull out or something like it's always like something like raunchy or like stupid or anything. So, but it's always <laughs> hilarious. So yeah, keep an eye out on those. With question for you, which is your favorite season? Oh my god, uh. I don't know which one of my favorite season is because I have so many favorite episodes throughout like all the different um like oh, god Okay, top to... favorite top favorite episode. <laughs> okay. So you keep putting on the episode... spot. <laughs> I am. <laughs> there's an episode there's an episode where um, it's called the deepening and I think that's like a hilarious episode. Um there's like a like there's a a movie that it's kind of like jaws and mr fish odor who like owns their building bought the um also owns everything else so he bought the shark and they have the shark like in you know in the wharf and the shark mechanical shark goes like haywire because of like gene like gets ice cream or something in it and it starts to like just go haywire throughout the town and like bob has to like save everybody and it's just it's (laughs) That one's hilarious, and then and oh man, what other ones? Man, I oh, could do. I could give funny you thing, so many episodes. Funny thing about the guy who plays the what's his name, the fish owner, Mr. Fish Owner. Um, yeah, that's played by Kevin Klein. Like I've noticed yeah. that the that the show has a lot of big name has a lot of big names that are that come in cameo. Like it, the cameo list oh, yeah, is huge for them. this show. Like the one I just watched last night, I was like, man. Who is the? It's in season two. It's the bank robbery, and come to find out, the bank robber is Bill oh, yeah. Hader. <laughs> Bill Hader, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and that that episode's funny too because I love it whenever is. Louise is trying to talk to them and she's like, "It's my daddy." <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, daddy, we don't want you to die. And then no, and don't then, die, daddy. Okay, listen then, to me. This is what I'll well, do we, for you. we need we need mar- we need marketing because he has to go deliver the burgers to the bank robbery. It's so <laughs> Tina just draws a fish. He goes, why did you draw a fish? She's like, it's the only thing I knew how to drew. And then the brother's like, oh, well, I guess somebody's being a little Christy. <laughs> it, was just, it was just weird. They're like, Gene's the best. Oh it's like, it's like, I love when they're like, they're like, Gene's your prettiest daughter. He's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always wearing the suit and he's got the horn. He's like, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> And then Tina's in love with the the boy across the street. Um, oh, what the Jimmy hell is Junior. his name? Jimmy Junior. He just I just want to watch Jimmy Junior dance and be his own person. <laughs> and then the boyfriend's got like a lisp. He's like, "You can't stop me, Dad." <laughs> I don't know, man. It's pretty funny. Oh, I think I think you might enjoy it. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, oh. It... Oh hey guys, I just came back. How's it going? You guys, you just going oh, back hey, and forth. Going? Oh yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just let's go grab some coffee. Got some water. Took a bathroom. Saw Wonder Woman again. So yeah, we're all good. Fine, oh Matt, you're here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, oh, I just here. came back in. Yeah, yeah. I get to get you guys going for uh, the episode, the deepening you were referring to is uh, season three, episode six. If anyone's looking okay, for so it. Okay, you're getting closer um, now. So yeah, you're getting close. Um, but yeah, I. 
It's another show that uh, <laughs> I probably will not enjoy. Just you're not, just are you, do you not enjoy humor? Do you not enjoy <laughs> Do you not – is it just that you don't like adult animated cartoons? I, I grew up liking uh, Family Guy. I watched that all the time on Cartoon Network. But that's kind of where it ended. Like there was a few episodes of South Park that I enjoyed. But other than that, like – I no, I I don't I never got into the Simpsons, you know, Bob's Burgers. What? You don't like the yeah. Simpsons? What is wrong? I, said, I, I, no, no, I never said that. I said never got into it. I'm sorry, Steph. My God, dude, shield you, hide your ears. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I will tell you this, man. From things like Family Guy, American Dad, and like. Futurama and Simpsons like there it's a lot of crude humor and it's a lot of like disgusting humor a lot of the time as well too as opposed to like Bob's Burgers has like an underlining type of like you know there's like adult humor in there but it's still a family because like they're trying to make sure that their kids like they want to raise their kids as best as they can obviously and yeah, so right. there's times where like they'll say like they're playing a, there's a I forgot which one but they play um it's a game and it's like in one of the most recent seasons and Tina's like really good at it. She's like, I banged everybody. I banged you. I banged mom. I banged Louise. And, and Bob's like, Tina, don't say banged. He's like, what? She's like, why not? I banged you. I banged everybody. He's like, Tina, stop. <laughs> Please stop, Tina. So it's like, it's like, it's like funny jokes because it's like things that kids are like, kids say the darnest things. But it's one of those things where like they'll say something and the parents are like, don't say that. Like Jean, stop. And just <laughs> like Jean one time goes, they're like, why are you drinking so much water? And Jean's like, he's a thirsty bitch. And they're like, Jean. <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like the way and it's gonna sound with the way that it's shot or more or less put together it makes it more entertaining yeah. like every now and then they do like the dramatic zooms like when they say stuff and they'll play like the dramatic music but i don't know they yeah. just they tie it into an, the episode in a very effective way okay yeah. there's an episode uh, i forgot about future well, i will say oh, what'd yeah, you say um, no, i, I, said I, I say, forgot about a, future Go ahead, Steph. Go back and forth. <laughs> I was, uh, was going to say, there's a season premiere episode that I think you'll really enjoy, Ernesto. And you might enjoy too, Matt. They asked like 32 different animators to send in versions of Bob's Burgers. And they picked like so many people. So throughout the entire 30-minute episode, the animation style changes like every like two to three minutes. So it's oh, like interesting. Wow. boxy characters, very like Disney kind of characters, very more like realistic characters, comic book, you know. So it's like they always change out. And it, that was a really cool episode. And I really enjoyed that. I, I, I just found that episode. It's season eight, episode one, and it's called yeah. Brunch Squash. I think that's yes. how it. Yeah, Brunch Squash. Brunch yeah. Squash. And I can and I'm sliding through the images here. And yeah, they're all in different animations. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I can appreciate that. I really think you would like this one, Matt. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gauge it. If you are ever, if you ever watch it, just you know, we'll talk about it. But I really Understood. think, I, got I think, I think that you would enjoy it. It's like a nice okay. little family comedy. I'm gonna give you some uh, I mean, it, to watch. Okay. All right, I, I might, I might bounce around. But like you say, family comedy. I'm, not, I'm not sure if the whole family can can watch this. Is eventually, it, am I wrong? Ev- eventually. No, I think they could. Okay. I think I okay. think they yeah. could because right. it's because it's like uh, it's kind of like The Simpsons. Like it's very under it's like very undertone. It's not as like it, right. it's it's very not in your face. I mean it was it was on on Fox like during primetime yeah, TV. Yeah, it still is. That's true. That's yeah. true. 
Um, but besides Wonder Woman, and I guess I'll kind of I'll save our Wonder Woman talk for when we review 1984. But I also watched right. the first Wonder Woman, and then that's all I got. All right. Yeah, I believe we all watched Wonder Woman, the first one as well, I think. So, yeah, we'll just bubble oh, it oh, into. I'm sorry. I have oh, one more. Oh. One more. Go ahead. <laughs> it can't be It can't be Christmas until I saw Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi oh. Tower. <laughs> Get pushed off. Whatever happens in the movie. Wait, needless to say, I watched the original, I watched the original Die Hard to answer the age-old question. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it a movie? Christmas movie? It, it, yes, it 100% yes. is a Christmas movie. No, I believe that. As is Batman yeah. Returns. <laughs> oh yeah, well they mention it in the film. Um, it's part it be it's part of the plot, kind of, sort of. I don't know. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh, Die Hard is a great film. You get a you get a young Carl Winslow from Family Matters. That's right. As the cop who helps him out, um, and you know, rest in peace, Alan. You get to see Alan Rickman and one of his prime That's roles. His thing. Do his yeah. thing. He was great. Yeah. He was a great. It's a, it's a great movie. Like the action is great. Bruce Willis is like you know he's Bruce Willis, but like he's a young Harry Potter shows up. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Die Hard's a classic. You can't go wrong with Die Hard. Yeah, but needless to say, it's a uh, Christmas movie, and then that's all I got. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So I have been watching a few movies. Uh, nothing of adult cartoons um but obviously (laughs) um but i did see a movie ernesto that i believe you wanted to see um i saw antebellum with uh janelle monet oh and yes and what is that on what is that on i got it from a library it's not it's not on anything yet i'm sorry um (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh before i say anything eston have you did you see uh antebellum no i haven't seen that one yet okay i was was been wanting to watch that one though Gotcha. Okay, all right. So I won't spoil anything. Um, well, I wasn't planning on it anyway. But either way, I enjoyed it. There was, I mean, if you remember from the trailer, there's a lot of interesting. It's a mystery, like a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, the opening shot was a one shot, and the score was amazing. That kind of sucked you in like right away. I was like, okay, I see you, Antebellum. This is great. This is a, it was a great start, but then it ran a little slow for me. Like it was just mm. it. It, it, it kind of it took a minute to get there, and then something happened, and then I'm like, oh okay, and then oh, okay, now we're we're back to going slow again. So then you kind of ride that out for a little bit, and I was like, okay, I'm intrigued after this one thing happened, but we're still moving along. I have a few questions. I'm not sure what the hell's going on. And then the, at the very end, like toward toward the end, you start picking up all the pieces, and then the movie confirms you know, if you had that suspicion or not, or it kind of, kind of opens up and reveals what basically this plot is because, uh, you think the plot is one thing, but then it turns out to be another, obviously that's a twist. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the twist and it, it just makes, honestly, the movie was okay as a whole. The twist definitely made the movie. Um, but when, what it more or less did was like, it just has you keeps thinking after the credits roll. And I can give that movie all the credit for that because I was thinking about it this whole entire time. And I don't want to give my emotions or feeling toward it because I think that's what really makes the movie. So I don't want to give away anything that, you know, involving the twist or how I felt about it. So, so, but it's I, definitely worth the watch. I think so. I think, you know, for, I mean, it's from the same producers as Get Out and Us. And I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities between, you know, the Jordan Peele movies and this one. 
Um, they, but it's they, not they follow Jordan the Peele. same themes. It's not Jordan Peele. No, he doesn't have any involvement with the movie. Um, but I I believe that they take cues. Talk about you know we were talking about original horror. This will go up there. It wasn't as good and maybe uh, not as like captivating as Jordan Peele's films, but it's it definitely has a lot of similarities of what Jordan Peele tries to invoke in his movies. And so I, I can definitely get that uh, appreciation for it. And that's why I kind of just left when the credits roll, just lingering on what I just saw. And like you can easily go back and like try to try to figure out where they were like giving you this information earlier before the twist. So I think, I think it's worth the watch. Um, but I feel like you're the ride to get to that point was just a little slow. Like I felt like we could have picked up the pace just a little bit, but other than that, I think, I think it's a good watch. Uh, okay. so I recommend that. Um, I also saw Buffaloed. Um, what? with, what is yeah. it called? <laughs> Buffaloed. Buffaloed. Yeah. That, Buffalo. Is that, a, is that English? Buff- <laughs> yeah. Well, m- maybe it's Buffaloed. Maybe, maybe not Buffaloed. It's Buffaloed. It's Buffalo and then ED. So Buffaloed. Yeah, Buffaloed. 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 There you go. Screw that up as usual. Buffaloed. <laughs> um, <No>, uh, <laughs> that should, that, maybe that should have been the name of the movie. <laughs> it should have been the soup. Yeah. Buffaloed. Right. Um, it stars uh, Zoe Deutsch. Uh, you might have seen her in uh, Zombieland Double Take or Double. double yeah. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> the Double it's Tap. Okay, <laughs> We're all getting there. Yeah. Uh, and she was also in Flower, which was an indie film that she starred in. And um, yeah, I thought I thought this was was great. It was very captivating. She was the center of this movie. Um, it, it takes place like she's very good at math. And she gets herself into trouble to try to get like rich quick schemes or like, you know, she's trying to do these little things that she to get on top. Uh, but ultimately, you know, after serving some time in prison, she gets this idea to become a debt collector and then start her own uh, like firm of debt collecting because she realized how easy it is. And she's a smooth talker. She can probably get her way and she's very good with money. So but there's also she has a little bit of heart in there. So I, I think that if you're looking for like a good. It's a comedy. I, you know, I laughed at a couple points, but really, it's kind of like a. It says drama, but I don't. I don't think it's a drama. But I, I guess you can say it's a drama. I feel like there's like a little more intensity to it. Uh, so yeah, I, it's on. It's available on Hulu. Um, so I definitely recommend people giving that a watch. And then I also saw uh, Disney Plus, a Disney Plus original movie called Magic Camp. Um, it was like, I, it was actually funny. It was actually, I finished watching Antebellum and I'm like, I need something like a little bit more calmer. Cause it's <laughs> like, I need to watch this much. out. <laughs> I need, yeah. I was like, damn, I'm, I'm thinking about this for way too long. I gotta, I gotta go back. So I looked at my list to see what other movies I can like get me like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to fall asleep watching this. Just gonna, you know, let that ride out. And so I picked magic camp. It's a Disney plus original movie, uh, with Adam Devine um, and uh, Gillian Jacobs from uh, from community. Uh, the community, yeah. And so it it was a cute movie. It, you know, uh, Adam Devine is as a musician, and so is Gillian Jacobs, and they're both asked to come back to their uh, to their stomping grounds and uh, teach magic to children. It's so they're going to magic camp, as the title says. And um, yeah, it was it was it was just what you expect that movie to be. Uh, uh, Gillian Jacobs plays a character called Darkwood. She's very famous and a celebrity in the magic world. And Adam Devine is like, you know, 
kind of a washout, but he's still really good at what he does. And so, like, he was, like, in his heyday, he was the best, and then he kind of just kind of fizzled out. So then you have that parallel when you're actually teaching students. And so it's 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 kind of like an underdog story as well. So if you're looking for a cute movie to watch with your family, I think that's a good one to dive into. And that is all I've been watching, with the exception of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. So with that, we're going to dive right into our spoiler review of probably one of the most anticipated films of 2020. We're going to dive into 1984. So Esteban, we'll start with you. What were the reactions with this movie? Oh, God. It's beautiful, guys. I fucking love it. I, Gal Gadot is literally Wonder Woman. Um and everything, like, ah, she's just, everything about Wonder Woman and about Diana Prince, Gal Gadot just brings to the screen, and Patty Jenkins somehow was able to, personally, I think, match what she did with the first one, with still giving some, a a new story, but still keeping true to what the character was, but in a new setting, and what I think was one of the best things that she was able to do with it was that she was able to showcase the 80s, 1984 specifically, obviously, in the title sequence. But when we usually see the 80s, it's big hair, it's spandex, it's all the craziness of the 80s, like, packed into a movie or into a TV um, show. And the setting of the 80s didn't really overshadow anything. It just really helped it in, in much so. Yes, there was still the, you know... The, the spandex for, you know, the when people go work out, there's the big hair, there's the fanny packs, they make fun of it. But it was, it, the, the setting of the 80s didn't really overpower anything. I think it was a great spot for it. Um, again, Patty Jenkins delivered a beautiful um, script. I think she delivered a beautiful um, look to the film as well, too. Um, it was it was vibrant. You know, Diana um, is dealing, you know, I, I would like to say this as well, too. I like I like the fact and I like thinking of the fact that Diana has been swerving men for like since 1930. <laughs> after, <laughs> because even in the movie, like there's parents like, they're like, hey, beautiful. She's like, uh, no, I was like, you've been you've been doing that for generations. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, people were like, uh, she's like, uh, Steve Trevor? No, you get, step off, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, Pedro Pascal, if I have not said it before, I'm going to say it again, put him in everything. He is amazing. Mm-hmm. And they, they kind of are. I mean, he, Christmas Day was a big day for Pedro because he had a movie on Netflix come out. He had, um, some, he had Wonder Woman on, uh, Hulu, I mean, on uh, HBO Max. And then he also has a Mandalorian on Disney Plus, And then he had that shark boy and lava girl thing that he was doing so yeah that, that that's the same one on uh yeah yeah uh we we can be heroes we are we are your heroes we can be heroes that's right that's right. we can be heroes yeah so, with robert rodriguez yeah yeah that yeah and so i was like oh my god that's awesome so yeah pedro is amazing i think this was a, a beautiful a beautiful character for him um to to portray and to you know run as the villain because it's weird because you know it's like he's the villain but in that same aspect, you know, a lot of the times we always see these superhero movies and we're like, well, is the villain really the villain? <laughs> um, <laughs> right. And and same with Kristen Wiig's character, you know, playing um, Barbara Minerva and who, you know, later on turns into the cheetah. And it was one of those things where I'm just like, do I want did I did I want more from it? Yes, I did want more things like I wanted more cheetah. I wanted to see the transformation itself happen, um, which I think would have been really nice. But I think the amount of time of that story was on screen was perfect because it didn't overtake anything from Max Lord. 
and also didn't take away from what was going on between Diana and her whole situation with Steve and with everybody else as well. So I think Patty really paced it really well, um, which is hard because, I mean, I my, my main concern for the upcoming Spider-Man 3 film is like, oh, did you not hear the entire cast of Fast and the Furious 27 is coming and joining, <laughs> you know, Spider-Man 3? <laughs> <laughs> Every day there's a new character. So I so it, it it's hard to balance that many characters and still give everybody screen time, but then also you know be respectable respectful of all the characters in there as well. So I think she I think she paces it really well, and the you know and yet again the the theme of well I mean the theme of the first Wonder Woman movie I think was love, and compassion, and then this one I think was truth. So, mm. which I think it, there's a whole theme with her three that she's probably gonna do you know love truth and whatever maybe beauty for the next one but um but i think you know what i i loved it you know where does it fall within all of the dc movies and within that i mean it's I th- it's higher up there next to the original wonder woman movie i would probably give it mm, i'd probably say like an 8.5 out of 10 for it for me okay okay now uh, what, is, what is what is what is your relation like do you like it better than the first which one do you think is better the first one or 1984 um well okay so i think what i'm gonna have to do again is watch i'm gonna watch it again obviously because i want to mm-hmm. kind of like compare and contrast on that and i love the first one because the first one is kind of very much like um christopher nolan's dark knight franchise where it was a movie and that happened to have a, a comic uh, have a superhero in it there was mm. much more of a story there than it was two hours of costume characters running around trying to fight True. people. So, and I think that's what the first one did. I think Patty did such a great job of showing you who Diana is, where Thea Mascara is, and showing you all the Amazons and giving you that heart and giving you that, you know, that feeling of what it, she is because she, we saw her briefly in the suit, like when she met Steve, like after she stole it, but you didn't even see the full get up. And then after that, we didn't see the full getup until, you know, she was in No Man's Land, which was like a well 45 minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. So, and then that's where it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, like this is like a film about something else that happens to have a superhero in there. Um, and then same with this one. She did a good job with this. And, but I think this one's going to, I'm going to watch it again. So right now I'm going to say the first one still is more favorable for me. But mm-hmm. this one, I think if I watch again, I'm going to be like, no, this is the one. I think I think this one I like more. <laughs> <laughs> Ernesto? So, I liked it. I don't think I liked it nearly as much as you did, Esteban. But I still yeah. definitely, I still definitely enjoyed this movie. Like I liked, yeah. I liked how I don't know, I liked how campy the opening was. You know, you get to her yeah. running through the mall, and then you know they have that whole sequence where. We're in the mall with the girl, with the little girl, and she like looks at her like an idol, and you see her running yeah. past back, back and forth, and you know using the lasso of truth. Like I, I like that. I was like, all right, that that's what we're doing. It's just gonna be like, like a cheesy. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, it's gonna be like a, like a cheesy comic book movie, and that's pretty much exactly what it was. But I don't, I don't mean that in a derogatory term. I mean that in like, okay, I know, I, I'm literally watching this movie, and I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Like I know, yeah. I know what's gonna happen. I don't know, cause there is a lot of hate for this movie online. Like I made it, I made a really? conscious, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I made a very conscious yeah. decision not to read any reviews, um, because I had heard 
brief like little rumorings here and there that it that you know people hated it and it wasn't that good but you know what after watching it i have to say that i actually like i enjoyed the movie there are a few things like maybe one or two things that i that i thought were kind of strange like the whole steve thing like i I really i wish they would have found a better way to write that in like like maybe could he not have come back from the dead just like reanimated like we could see him like why does he have to be in the spirit why does the spirit have to be in somebody else's body i don't know i i think maybe i think maybe it was to like maybe you see somebody else's soul and like maybe she just she just knew because she didn't even question it he he said what he said like the last thing he said to her before he died and then puts the watch in her hand and she's like oh yeah it's you but you're somebody else. <laughs> but you look like yeah. this. Other, but you look like this other dude. Like I don't know. Like I felt like that. I felt like that was. I felt like that part was a little strange. But even then, even after it happened, I was like, ah, it's a comic. It's a comic book movie. Whatever. Like, yeah. like, like I was. I, like I, I was. was I was funny. very forgiving. I was very. I was forgiving of, of like those little of like of like a little like those little small details. Like it was. Like it was. It was good. Like when Pedro Pascal at the end when he at first of all like that thing at the end like did you did you not feel like that was very kind of political trumpish even my mom was like oh look they're kind of making him look like trump they put him in front of the presidential seal and he's doing like the whole the speech thing talking to the people like i don't know like it felt it, it felt slightly political but well that was i was funny here for thing it. because we 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 talked about that last night me and my sister after we watched it and i was like you know it's it's much more relatable now i guess watching it now because i mean just like the whole you know the aspect of kind of taking over the world and you know getting all the power as much power as he could get without really giving anything else to anybody else Mm. and which was weird and i was like you know what if this would have came out when it was supposed to come out it wouldn't have been as relevant i don't think now but but now after being in a pandemic it got pushed back and everything that we deal with politically and whatever whatever side you may be on on that end i think it was like that it was it was funny how i felt like that movie really this movie really kind of like mirrored things that were happening you know now as well too so but and and then went on top of that as well too and so i think you know one of the things where people are like oh my god i didn't like it it was really cheesy and campy i was like um i also think though that it was matching its tone of where it was at like i mean it was in 1984 I mean, that is a cheesy, campy time of, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can agree with that in like in, in general, like and, and, and I agree, like I love the idea of just to use the lasso a lot more. I love that little nod to taking her um, her tiara off and throwing it and using that to like break it's like a batarang cameras as a battery yeah, as a batarang. <laughs> but she, I mean, and, like because I've seen her do it like in the comics and, you know, she uses that to like, you know, um, get, you know against her foes and anybody else so which was fun so i i enjoyed seeing those how did how did you feel about her flying um okay oh you know that's a good question um i didn't get the same um i didn't get the same feeling that i got when henry cavill's superman first flew yes that was i felt like there was like such a build-up to that where it was kind of like like okay cool like you got well Hans Zimmer's score definitely had a heavy hand into making that oh, like a big yeah. moment for him. And that was also and that was also yeah. one of the high points of the film. Like obviously having Hans Zimmer do the score to the film made it literally yeah. that literally made it that much so better because the score oh, the yeah, score the score is a very that's like a very prominent that part Wonder of Woman the film. Theme? 
that she has yes. is just, I mean, it gives goosebumps. Like, yeah, it was good. Like, yes. I'm like, yes. Yeah, no. and Hans Zimmer, <laughs> obviously, he did the score for Woman to Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984 and Man of Steel. So, yeah, I, I think the score here was fantastic. I was like, I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever is happening on the screen, I don't care. This is great. Like, this, yeah. this yeah. the music <laughs> is matching it very well, very intense. But, uh, sorry, Esteban, you were saying about the flying. Oh, um, no, yeah, I think I think her flying, I think if you would have added something right before she actually did it, I mean, I know that they gave her the whole Steve thing where Steve's like, oh, it's pretty easy, you just gotta kind of like match the wind and go with it, and I was like, okay, so you're not <laughs> flying, so you're just like, gliding. She's gliding. <laughs> yeah. No, but she, but that... no, but but I think they, like, yeah. no, she was like legit. She was flying. Like yeah. there were at one point of the film, she like did the whole Superman thing. But I guess in the comics, yeah. not in the earlier comics, but I guess more Silver Age and after DC Rebirth, it was yeah. um it was a known thing that she could that she could fly. Which I mean, whatever. She's she's a goddess, so she can do whatever I... she wants. <laughs> and, and, Shazam, Shazam flies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I and I like that because you know and it was fun to introduce like those new powers that she's had or like that you know that she's has in the new comics as well too and it was that was the, the one of the big questions I remember everybody asking was like is she gonna get the invisible jet and then I was like well where are you gonna we get did. it from like <laughs> like how do you just get an invisible jet and but I think that was a cute little nod to like you know he was like have you done it before? She was like, it was just a coffee cup, but I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, well, damn, Diana. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think I think he said, well, shit, Diana. But yes, yeah. damn would have been yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. Well, shit, Diana. I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even see that one coming, but it wasn't – actually, when they were going to the jet, my nephew was like, oh, look, they're going to bring out – they're gonna bring out the invisible jet. I was like, no, they're not. I was like, <laughs> and then and then she started doing it. I was like, oh, you were right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Silly child, that's not what they're gonna do. <laughs> that's not what is happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, I guess the the only the only the only other thing I really had an issue with was or maybe that was it. Maybe with the, oh. I wish we would have gotten another reference to the whole opening scene of them of her doing that tournament because I mean I got it like but I felt oh, like yeah. for a two and a half hour movie somebody maybe other people would want like a a little callback to, about the whole lying and about cheating about cheating not being yeah. good like that obviously was a setup for the whole film but it would have been nice to have yeah. a callback for that maybe when she was looking at the um, at the armor before she puts it on. But I guess we didn't even get yeah. that scene. That's probably on the cutting room floor somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ernesto, I think I'm on the same vein of, as Esteban, is that I really, really enjoyed this movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I I thought yeah, the beginning was fun. Yeah, <laughs> clear that throat. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I I thought the I thought the opening was fun. I do agree with you that it was a little campy, and I was like, is this where the whole movie is gonna go? But I think obviously we went away from that. It was just for the beginning. But I thought it was fun. The whole like flashback scene with her as a child and like. Obviously, that was all that was in there was just to set up the the kind of the themes that are going to be presented throughout the film that she was learning or learned when she was a child. That was the only reason to have that in there. You could have easily started at the mall and saved us ten minutes of the movie on an already two and a half hour long movie. That being said, though, it didn't feel long to me because I felt like I had a good time watching it. 
Like I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking or trying to like really think hard about watching it. It's, it's a fun movie, and that's kind of where I was like in this whole time. So I'm like, oh, this is great, you know. And I, I did think it was weird that uh, they all of a sudden there was this dream stone they keep referring to. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. It was like, oh, we found it in the opening sequence of like these these hidden antiques that are being sold and i felt like that was very i don't want to use the word lazy but it's like it just kind of happened it was a macguffin that yeah. kind of just plopped into the story without actually like, like instead of honestly instead of the five minute or the 10 minutes we got of like diana young diana kind of going around and doing this tournament we could have got 10 minutes of like maybe getting a history of the stone or the stone getting to where it is today and kind of like seeing that path of how they got their hands on it instead of you know, kind of ha- happily just kind of discovering it and they're making wishes on it and they didn't even know that it was working. But yet Pedro Pascal, uh, what was it Max Lord? He, you know, knew all about this. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cheesy, not cheesy, but like this is kind of lazy writing in, in my opinion. But uh, it's under like uh, left out. <laughs> yes. Like I feel like I'm missing a step. But regardless of that, like, I mean, I could be the only one, but this movie really reminded me a lot of Amazing Spider-Man 2, where you have Kristen mm. Wiig as Jamie Foxx playing, like, this really smart person who's being underappreciated, not looked at, overlooked, um, and has a lot of heart and potential until this one thing happens, and then they get confident and evil, and the hero needs to, you know, take this person out. That's that's kind of like where I felt very similar characters there, but I think Kristen Wiig did a lot better at doing that. Um, I was surprised of how much I enjoyed Kristen Wiig in this movie because when she first got casted, I was like, really, her as a villain? I don't see it, but like it worked. I thought it really worked well for the film. No, I agreed. I actually, I actually wish at the end that she didn't revert. I would like to have. I would like to keep. I would. I wish we would have kept her as a villain for like maybe as later Cheetah, installments, yeah. or at least as Cheetah, or maybe not even in this film. Maybe to cross over through another hero, or or just to be able to use her again. Because I, I did. I feel the same. I do feel like she did so very if well. I, if I may, go ahead. I had a thought about that. Um, we never heard her renounce her her wish, though. Correct. So yes. If if Max renounces his wish, maybe that kind of changed a few things for her. But nobody said she renounced her wish. So I think there's always a possibility that something might – maybe she can turn it on and off for a little bit before it just permanently is there. So, I I mean, that's an interesting one for me. But, yeah, I agree, Ernesto. Like, I love Cheetah so much because I'm such – I mean, I'm such a classic rogues gallery type person. So, like, Mm -hmm. whenever I think of Batman, I'm like Catwoman, Joker, Penguin, Riddler. Like, you know, the main main ones that you always see. And same with Wonder Woman. One of the first things that pops in my head is, like, Cheetah. So I'm like, I was like, oh, I would would have loved to have seen like just a lot more like cheetah interaction, and but I was like, you know what? But th- it was a good, it was a good amount. It was enough. Give me more of it down the road. Yeah, like down yeah. the road, give me more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think we got a fair amount of Cheetah in it because she wasn't the main villain. And again, you know, talk about, you know, we, we were kind of teasing about, you know, the upcoming Spider-Man film kind of being overstuffed. And I felt like that, you know, they gave a lot of time to Pedro Pascal. And then the other time was for Diana and the other time was for um, was for Barbara. So I feel like that was all evenly done. And if we got more of it, I feel like that we would have lost some of the other great moments 
from the Diana story and from the uh, Max Lord story. So I think we got enough from her. And she wasn't like, I feel like we got a slow build up. I agree with you, Estevan, that the, the movie paced was very well. It was well paced of how we got, she wasn't like instantly bad all of a sudden. She like grew into her confidence. And while she, while she was growing, through that, her humanity was going down. And there was like, you see that shift throughout the whole movie. And then eventually we get to the very end where she becomes like full cheetah. And then you know, like, okay, we've lost her. Um, but maybe we got a part of her moving on to the next movies. We don't know because, like you said, she never renounced her wish. Um, I, I, uh, Ernesto, I do agree with you that I felt they could have found a better way to bring in Chris Pine into the mix did he have to take over somebody else's body absolutely not that made zero sense at all um like how this the same reason of how all of a sudden uh barbara has these powers chris and chris pine could have just reappeared we, we didn't have to you know yeah i would have bought i would have bought like that i felt like i would have bought that more i would have bought that more if yeah. he had if he, we didn't we don't even need to see him come back you can just say I don't know. I just came back. He could literally just say, right. "Oh, I came back." But as long as exactly. everybody sees him as him, then it would have been. I would have been. All right. I would, I'm here for it. I get it. Yeah, and it's the same reason of <laughs> how like all of a sudden. About it. Yeah, huh? it, it makes zero sense. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's yeah. like why? Why did you need to do that? Now I'm like the guy that he took over. I mean, that guy. Like, what the hell? Like, he hasn't gone to work in like a week. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody's <laughs> like, worried about him. Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, why is Dave on the news? <laughs> why is what is Wonder that Wonder Woman chick? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Dave. Now I feel bad for him. <laughs> like, I'll, like the movie can explain, like, okay, like the guy from Egypt, like the leader over there. He's like, I wish for this, and all of a sudden, a wall just uh, uh, reappeared from nowhere. It's like, so we can make that happen, but we bring back Chris Pine, and he needs to take over somebody else's body. Come on. Yeah. That it made zero sense. The what well, I I will say this. The only thing I can give a reason for is that at the beginning of the movie, Diana was very lonely. She was longing for what she had or what she missed. Obviously, she made the wish for Tre- Steve Trevor to come back. That being said, she the movie was trying to say like you need to move on. Like, you know, you, we you've been like lusting over uh, panning over me for for so long that it's time for move on and you can meet and see other people and maybe he like you know the person the body that he was in was maybe you know encompassed of what he also felt so when we get that final scene with at the very very end where he meets she meets the real person in that body she was instantly to have that connection and maybe growing that she can move on and you know maybe meet other people that's the only reason but i i still feel like we could have got another way to introduce chris pine into the mix great yeah well, you know, and I agree with that. Now that I'm, now that we're talking about it, out, that's why we talk out loud. But um, yes, it. I. But what I will say though is that I'm like, oh, man, Chris Pine plays Wonder so well. Like I believed every moment of him just in awe of like his new surroundings. Like he's like, oh my god. Like in like, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Like the escalator and with the trains. Yeah. She's like, it's yes. art. And he's like, oh, it's this is nice. She's like, oh, that's just a trash can. He's oh, it's just uh, a trash like, can. My bad. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, we're good, we're good. All right, all right. <laughs> my bad. But I think he plays Wonder so well, and I think it it really like I believed every moment of him just like learning everything about this like this new age. Because I mean, he came from what 1930 when 1944. 
something 1940s. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 1944, and you know, and then you know, being dropped into 1984, you know, he was like, "This room is amazing. Everything about this room is amazing." <laughs> they and, have pop tarts. You know, I made three of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've eaten three of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. And but. <laughs> But it really, you know, I believed all of that and I loved it. But, um, you know, and then one of the things, you know, that like you were mentioning earlier about um, Barbara, about Minerva, when you saw her humanity like leaving, I was like, it was so significant and you could see that. And then I, which is funny because I didn't realize that's what the wish was doing. Because even whenever mm-hmm. Diana had went and she was having trouble with the lock that first time, I was like, oh shit, it's a really strong lock. Like, you know, maybe somebody's trying to keep her out. And then it was like, oh, she's losing powers. That's what's happening. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think that uh, Chris Pine was – he he's great. He was great in the yeah. first movie, and I think he was great here. Um, bringing him back into the fold was fantastic. I thought that was a great idea, and I thought the story while, – while the way to bring the stone in was kind of weird, I'm happy they found a way to just bring him back in general. And I thought him discovering the 1980s was a, was a big parallel – to diana discovering london 1940s and she's like yeah. she's like walking around and like you know she's trying on all these different outfits and then as soon as she tries on an outfit she like she's like moving around like i, I can't fight in this what are we what the hell is this yeah and then like and then she's like you know she's, she's carrying around like a sword and and a shield and like you can't you can't wear that and like she's just walking into you know big important meetings and like who is this chick you got she can't be here like it was very similar to that feel where as a fish out of water uh story and they kind of just had the roles reversed in this and i thought it was the parallel was great i, I loved it in both in both movies same yeah and then um, I mean, and then again i'm gonna talk about pedro all the time <laughs> just because mm-hmm. i think he does amazing in everything he does but man max lord is such a great character for him because pedro i mean if pedro pascal was trying to sell me something on an infomercial i'd probably buy it because i mean like he's like he's like you know, this is going to be better for you. And it's like, yeah. So I believe that character. And then just to see how it like escalated into like crazy and madness and just like overall, just trying to like overtake everybody. I think that buildup just got like, again, you know, the pacing of it was just brilliant. I thought it was like, Oh my God. Okay, cool. Like I'm going to try to get the stone so I can make a couple of wishes. And then, and then he's like, I want to be you. I was like, Oh, yeah. that's a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, ooh, you, damn. <laughs> Esteban, you make a great point because, like, when we first introduced him, he, he, you know, he has so much confidence in, in, in him, in himself, that you believe anything he says. And as for, like, us watching it, yeah, I believe that he was, like, a millionaire and making all the right decisions and, this, this you know, this, uh, this businessman and then like not too long after we get to introduction of his character we realize that he's just a phony a lie like he's like he's like has he's promising dreams but with no product and so and like and he's basically selling people on that dream and that's how he's getting investors i thought it was a funny line where he like when he first meets diana he's like oh look at you you and she's i know she uh she says that she doesn't have a TV. Like, I can get you a TV, 19 inches from Sears. I got you. Here, here's my car. I know a guy. And then I first thought, 19 inches from Sears. Wow. We're definitely in the 80s. Cause that's, that's... <laughs> and then, did you did you catch her response to him? She goes, I'll stick with the TV I don't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, damn, uh, burn, okay. Diana. 
she, throughout all these years, she's taken shit from nobody. Yeah, um, exactly. For real. I thought I thought that was great. So yeah, so then you have that, and so like you almost feel sorry for him. And then you, you, he's talking to his son. He's like, you remember all the things I promised you? We're almost there. I'm right there. And then when he gets the the dream stone, then you start to realize that like you know he he maybe he just had a small goal. He's like oh, I just want to you know do my business. And, like, get it off the ground. And then just kind of everything kind of took over. I actually don't really know what what, what he lost, um, to be honest. Like, by him gaining to being, like, the Dreamstone, essentially, what what did he gain from that? I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, what did he lose? He was losing, I think he was losing his life and his soul. Yeah, it was taking his life force, it was taking his life force away. Yeah. His life force away because every time I mean there was something like his eye would get bloodshot. I was like, oh, this bro got pink eye yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and then an ears bleeding, and then his nose is bleeding, and then you like significantly saw like the color leave his face, and then whenever yeah. he started getting everybody's life, he's like, all right, I'm gonna take your life force, I'm gonna take your life force, and all right, I feel better. So I, I feel better. Yeah, all right. Like this always. <laughs> so which yeah, was and weird like because. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was like, which was which was weird because I, that's what I was expecting him to do early on, and I was kind of almost expecting like a hocus pocus situation. He's like, ah, I'm gonna suck the lives of all the children, right. <laughs> and just be like, I will live forever. And I was like, oh, shouldn't you have done that before becoming almost dead? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a, a great moment for when he did turn because, like, the lasso of truth kind of, like, showed him the way back to his soul and how he was able to, uh, you know, what got him to this point of, like, wanting to become, like, a very powerful businessman. Um, and then, you know, he was like, I got to get back to my son. It went back to family. It went back to, you know, what makes us all human. And he's like, I renounce my wish. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's find my son. And then, but I actually loved also how the world slowly turned into madness and like how yeah, quickly yeah. that happened and they did a really good job of showing that and then kind of reversing it there's just like you know we don't do we really wish for all of these things in the first place i don't think so um so i i thought that the message was great um i do want to go back to the flying comment you made ernesto and i i i i, I believed and i was kind of like in I was in the moment when she learned how to fly. I think throughout the whole movie, she was kind of fighting the fact that, like, she was longing for, for Steve Trevor. And uh, when you, she finally got him, she, she couldn't let him go. And then she made the difficult decision to do so. And even, like, it, it's kind of like uh, you, you know, you, you kind of reconnected with an old friend. And, like, all these things started happening again. Like, you're, she got, like, her mojo back. She could have been lost this whole time. Basically, through all the years, she's been a vigilante in hiding, uh, like, you know, fighting small crimes throughout D.C., uh, living her life as she does. But there was still something holding her back. And and so then when she kind of – she got her mojo back when she started reconnecting with, with Steve. And then obviously we get to see her, uh, you know, use more of her invi invisibility power, uh, which she turned into, the, you know, the plain invisible, which was great, a great callback to the comics and her character. And then we, you know, because she had to let her him go, like there was so much passion there, so much like strong emotion that learned, had her learn something new and learn how to fly based on her experience uh, with, with Steve Trevor. So I, I was in on it. I bought all of it. And so I thought it didn't come – 
It didn't, it came organically. The same how in No Man's Land, where we kind of built up to that moment, I felt this was the same way. So I was on board with the whole flying thing. Yeah, Sam, I was too. I wasn't. I wasn't not on board with it. I just when it happened, I just, I just questioned it. I was like, does Wonder Woman know how to fly? Said I'm not. Right. I'm actually not. 100%. <laughs> I just. I wasn't. I. I guess I wasn't like I know of. I'm. I don't know her lore that deep enough to know if that was a thing or not but uh, i mean apparently right. it is so i was like all right once i realized i was like all right that's fine it's whatever <laughs> yeah because <laughs> well because now now it's like um it's a way how she can reconnect to him it's her way yeah so like when she flies she obviously yeah. thinks about him when she flies very true um what about the action how, how do we feel about the action i thought it was good but i don't think it was as good as the first one but I do really? love that. I do like that cheetah, that Wonder Woman cheetah fight scene at the end. I don't know. There's just something, something about the, I guess from the first one, like when she's in no man's land and she's just, yeah. she's just messing them up from building to building. Like she literally goes flying from building to building, and she, or like when she goes into that church to take out the sniper and she like explodes. Yeah. She like knocks him out and it makes the top of the building explode. I mean, I mean that was intense. So yeah. not not to take away from it, but I thought it was good. But I felt like the fir- the action in the first one was just a little bit better. But you see, Simone. I thought they upped the action a, a little bit in this movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're gonna okay, cool. We're doing fight scenes in the beginning. And I was like, all right, there's another one coming up. I'm like, all right, yeah, <laughs> let's blow some shit up. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> like here's a tank and and I thought that was cool when they went to uh where they went to Egypt right or Cairo Egypt yeah yeah Cairo mm-hmm. yeah Egypt Cairo. um and and they uh and just that that whole scene just that that chase scene of her like attacking the tanks I thought was like really well done to see yeah. you know to see her get wounded and then to be like oh my god how do you like deal with that and then Steve kind of helping out with it as well too um I you know I thought that was really great I thought the action was pretty well done I think anything more would have been too much for this film. Action-wise, the last film, it was a war-centered film. So, I mean, the action made sense. Like, random explosions, you know, wherever you're at and all this other stuff, that makes sense to me because it's a war film. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 was much more political, like, as we were talking about earlier. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like the action was appropriately placed where it needed to be. So yes. it's like, all right, let's 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 not just have random explosions just because, or have like random fights just because as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think the action was pretty pretty well placed. Matt, yeah, I I really enjoyed. I I agree with you. The Cairo uh, car chase was fantastic. I loved it. It was very engaging. The music, the score was like elevating it, and I'm like, I kind of got up from my seat. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here, this is this is a moment right here. <laughs> we are we are getting into some action. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like, exciting. Like it was great visually to see. And uh, there's also um, what was the other one? The oh, the White House. The the I thought that scene was intense. Like a lot was going on. You had a uh, Pedro Pascal kind of like this is talking all this stuff to the president and like. Um, so that, that kind of, that buildup was there. And then you have the moment where, you know, I guess our first fight with Diana and Barbara, um, I thought that was great because she's like, you can see Barbara's like, uh, she's getting stronger while Diana's getting weaker in, in that scene. And so that was a great parallel to see. And I was enjoying all of it. I, that, that like the whole scene where we got to that point and then it only got escalated even more because they're on their way to like broadcast, you know, all the wishes to the world and so i i thought the action was very well i do agree with you that 
it was well paced and also because of the story that was being woven in um it was you know it was well balanced and so like when we finally when, when we got to the action moments they were great um i thought pedro pascal was a great villain like like you're saying estevan he was he's having a great a great december let alone, yeah. you know uh you know the mandalorian like he's taking over he's having a really great day like he's taking over all of the so the the streaming platform the mandalorian disney plus we can be heroes on on netflix and and now he's taking over hbo max with wonder woman 1984 i thought he was a great villain it's like the stuff i always want to see in the mandalorian but he can't because his, his character on the mandalorian is very reserved but here he went all out like he went insane and it was yeah. great like you saw that 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 climb to madness and uh and he played it off very well and he's like what, what do you what do you, you want to wish just wish just wish anything it's like don't you wish that all right you already gonna wish what's 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 what, what, what you guys are with porsches i don't know yeah. who had not had a wish come <laughs> over here come over here and he was great like it was very energetic and i and i loved it and like and i love i like movies that when we get reasons of why the villains are doing things um like they're not nameless villain here and i felt like this movie did a better job with the villains than Wonder Woman 1984 did, where you had one villain where it's just like literally wearing a mask and like I'm doing doing bad things within the war. And then we had a surprise villain. Then it felt very comic booky. where in this movie we were on the journey with all of the villains equally paced. Yeah. And so when Agreed. we get to those moments, they were um justified that we we understood why they got to this point and was more enjoyable to watch to get behind the actions of the villain and the actions of the heroes Very so well, yeah i think it's, thank yeah, you perfect I, um, <laughs> I think, well, it was funny because also i think one of the things that it showed me that uh, that scene in the white house when he's talking to the president i think was interesting to me as well because it kind of shows you like the power of the wish because he, yeah. the the president made the comment. It was like, he's, I, well, I thought I was somewhere else. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know what's going on right now. Like, I'm so sorry. Were we supposed to meet today? So it was like, oh, so the wishes is powerful that you can pull people from other places, not just obviously yeah. like Steve, like from the dead, yeah. but you know, all right, the president's in, you know, wherever. Ah, my wish says he now needs to be back at the White House. So like, boom, here I am. And so it was like, oh, that was interesting to see, like, how powerful the wishes can, can be with everybody. Mm-hmm. Ernest, are you going to say something? Um, no, I think the only thing I was going to mention was uh, it was a nice little nod at the end for that uh, Linda Carter cameo at the post credit oh. scene. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Th- so I read that, that, that the, um, the critics didn't get to see that. Because she didn't want oh. anybody to, yeah. So anybody that saw the film before it was released yesterday um, didn't see the end credit scene because she didn't want anybody to ruin the fact that they had the Linda Carter cameo. But I thought it was great. I love that. Do you think that when they make or if they make a Wonder Woman three, that they would she would have a bigger role because they said that her character that she was the her character was the one who originally wore the armor. And kind of fought off everybody. And then I'm assuming they thought she was dead. But we later find out that she is in hiding just as the same as Wonder Woman is. uh, Diana is in 1984. So, like, she's just kind of, like, saving the day quietly and kind of going along her journey there. So do you think she'll play a bigger role or was it just a cameo? 
I hope so. And then honestly, you know, one of the other things that we've heard recently with the new Flash movie was that there were, had been talks that the Gal might make an appearance in the Flash movie, but also Linda Carter might make an appearance as well. So mm. with this cameo, I think that kind of like that that tracks for like maybe going into the Flashpoint or because I, Flashpoint would come before a new Wonder Woman movie would come out. So, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that would just make sense to see that. In, in that aspect and I think that'd be cool because you at the moment we have two Batmans in Flashpoint and you know to have two Wonder Womans in Flashpoint I think would be a cool thing to see as well um, why not and, and and Linda Carter looks amazing I mean yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I really do appreciate another thing about this movie is that I felt like you know after watching the movie like Wonder Woman and then Wonder Woman 1984 back to back um, I I felt like the beginning of Wonder Woman felt like they were quietly and like very uh i'm not sure what i'm trying to use but like they they you can tell they're trying to make a connected universe uh you know with the with the with the snyderverse that they were building up to at the time in 2017 and so like we had the beginning scene of her looking at the old photo and at the end she's thanking bruce wayne and obviously wayne enterprises was the one who delivered the photo um and there was like a very small nod to like a bigger universe uh, but in this movie, we didn't even touch any of that. And I think the movie works way better without trying to shoehorn in stories that you can tell that DCEU is not building toward any longer. Like, it, they're, they're trying to do their own thing. They're not Marvel. That being said, this was the most... This was the most Marvel DC movie I've seen so far in their slate, yeah. with the exception of uh, Shazam. It, just, it was just a fun movie. Yeah. And, and yeah. so... And, and that... And, that, and with that point... I enjoyed this movie a lot better than I did the first Wonder Woman. I still like the first Wonder Woman, and I felt like Wonder Woman is the best DCEU movie that they had to offer until this one. So for me, it's like Wonder Woman 1984, and then Wonder Woman, and then Shazam. That's my order. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to watch it again, and I might agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. You like it better than Shazam? I thought Shazam was Oh, great. I love Shazam, too. Shazam is yeah, great. I, think Shazam I would... Like, I would almost go Shazam, then the Wonder Woman series, then Wonder Woman 1 Okay, too. That's interesting. Really? I don't know. I think I would keep Wonder Woman up there. Shazam would still be high up there for me, though. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. You know what I think I do enjoy about it is that I enjoy the break from the monotone darkness all yes. the time. Yeah, yeah I do absolutely. Enjoy it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the DC dark tone, but yeah, Wonder Woman 1984 was just colorful <laughs> it was yes. a lot more it was a lot more vibrant and it was just like it was like oh yeah like let's do that and there was a scene where she very much looked like um linda carter's wonder woman because the the suit had a lot more gold tones to it now so when mm -hmm. she was running mm -hmm. through the streets of like dc it was funny because i was like oh shit she almost looks like linda carter yeah and, i thought uh, that i thought, I thought the it, same thing yeah yeah and so i was like you know this is a great i it, it's it's a great aspect because i love the dark because where it fits Darkness fits right. with Batman and everything else. Um, the first Wonder Woman, obviously, in, in in the in the war, it fits there. But yeah, no, again, the setting, 1984. I mean, that the the title sequence alone should tell you that you're in for kind of a fun, colorful, you know, 80s ride. Right. And, and I do like how they're giving Patty Jenkins the freedom to do that story because they didn't have to go back. They were already in present day with Batman v Superman and, and, and Justice League. But the fact that we went back 
into the 80s. And it's kind of like we're not even touching present day right now. We're just sticking yeah. back to the old times. And I think it works great for the, with the story they were trying to tell. Um, with that, though, I want to ask kind of like one last question here. You know, we all I'm assuming we all saw this movie at home. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I want to so, see it in the theaters. I do feel like right. it would have been better to put. I felt like it would have been better if I had saw it in the theaters, especially with the music, with the Hans Zimmer music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I was kind of like, kind of curious of how you guys' home's experience was, since it's technically the biggest movie to be released at home thus far. Um, and you know, did you gain or lose anything? You, I'm sure you might have lost a few things if by not going to theater. But was there anything like noticeably different from you watching a big movie like this at home than you were at the theater? Well, go ahead, uh, Seth. Restroom breaks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was like, let. I was like, everybody, get your beer ready, get your cocktails, whatever you need. I go, nobody asked for anything <laughs> after this. So, but then, but then it was like, I gotta go to the restroom. I was like, pause it. You got two minutes. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and then, but at the same time, I mean, it's weird. I, I, I watch it again, but I'll probably watch it by myself just because I want to like give myself the full just attention span that i can give Same. it because like right you know, because like with i mean ernesto you probably know as well too with the kids or anybody being around it's just like oh somebody needs to do this or somebody needs to do that and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me right now <laughs> <laughs> phones ringing and shit like, or I know, I cars like, driving by it's, it's not yeah. nothing it's not the same but this definitely is a movie that should be seen in the theaters Oh, yeah, okay. I agree. I still, I, I still think that this movie, I think if it was in the theaters, it would do a hundred people who were upset about little things here and there. They wouldn't even care because you would be so engulfed in the experience. And then, you know, That's you'd true. be stuck in that story for two and a half hours. Like, I felt like the experience, yeah. the movie would would be a 100 percent different experience in the theaters. You know, and, and yeah. saying that, Ernesto, kind of made me just right now think about, like, if we if they release the new james bond movie if they release james bond now yes i would watch it but i think i'd be like yeah it was all right yeah <laughs> it wouldn't be this it would <laughs> not be the but same but if i saw it in theaters i'd be like holy shit that 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 was crazy that was crazy i loved it yeah uh, but yeah i i understand what you're saying i agree with that with with the big action moments like i just to try to make it as close to the theater as possible i was like slowly turning up the volume on my tv because i really <laughs> wanted to hear that like the bass and with the surround sound i'm like all right and then you kind of just building up to that uh, and so like you you kind of want to be you're trying to replicate it as much as you can but you can't do it you can't get the full experience but you can try yeah. i mean hell even within the first 10 minutes ernesto there's a quick power outage so at oh, my house man. So, like, we, we just finished uh, the mall scene. Or, no, I'm sorry. We were about to get into, like, right before Wonder Woman showed up in the mall. We were building up to that. And then all of a sudden, TV shut off. All my lights turned on. You know, the clocks reset all the nine. And then I had to wait for the Wi-Fi to come back on. And I was like, oh, man. This really, really Pulls got me out, out of the moment for a second. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, then yeah. you got to, like, get yourself. You got to wait a little bit longer. And I was like, all right, we're back. Everything's set back up again. All right, now get back in the mindset. We are in Wonder Woman. Yeah. Here we Wonder go. Woman. <laughs> 1984. Yeah, right. 1984. Here we go. And so that was like, you know, and like stuff like that, it's very rare to get that in a movie theater. So True. it's just the, the things yeah. at home. So, yeah. But I, I definitely, another time, and, you know, we were talked about this before. There, there is a world where they could re-release these movies in theaters, you know, the, just to get that experience again. And, and, and the movie is in theaters. So, like, you do have that option to do so. Um, but yeah, overall, I think this was a great movie. 
I thought it was uh, a, it, it, it brings a lot of hope into the mix. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I do want to bring in one point. That last the last scene where it's snowing and we're in the holiday times. Do you think that was reshot? Because I'm 100% sure that I was like, there's no way we ended this movie during Christmas time and we we released this movie around Christmas. Like, if this movie I, was I supposed to release thing. in the summer. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Thinking, yeah. I was thinking the same exact same thing. Yeah. We, we were watching it. I was, like, I was like, do you think they redid this so they could be like, it could be a Christmas movie now? Yeah. Well, maybe not a 100%. Christmas movie. Yeah. Maybe not a Christmas movie. Like, oh, we know we were releasing this movie in the holidays. So we're just kind of like, like, this, this, like, originally this movie was like taking place in the summer and we're like, oh, no, what? Instead of a park, it's like they're having fun in the snow, and he meets the guy here. Like it was, it's a very quick scene you could reshot. But I was like, there's no fucking way this was always in the holiday season. No way, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, but but that being said, I really enjoyed this movie. I wish I would have seen it in theaters, but I'm happy that we are able to see it nonetheless. And I thought this was a great entry to the Woman Woman franchise and really built upon what Patty Jenkins, Patty Jenkins is developing with this character and um, probably one of the better DCEU movies is out there right now. Agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I have my few things that I had an issue with, like the whole, I think the way they just brought Street, Steve Trevor in. I mean... Yeah. That could have been better, but that's I guess you know at that point I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, it's like very minor details, but overall it seems like you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Like at the end of the movie, I was like, oh, that was a good movie. Like I wasn't upset yeah. when I when I finished watching it. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. Any last words, Esteban, before we uh, wrap this up? Uh, I I agree with y'all. I think it was a wonderful film. Great story. Great characters. Um, great music, as you've heard us say a few times. I mean, Hans Zimmer. Is Hans Zimmer. Director stuff. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but I think you know, and I think it stayed true to what the character is, and Patty yeah. Jenkins stayed true to what she has already built, and just built on top of it, and didn't really kind of. Um, she she didn't really. I don't think she really did too much of anything or did too little of anything at any point. So I, I think it was just a really nice installment for this character and for her version of Wonder Woman. Absolutely. Um, well, all right. I think that is all the show that we have for you guys this week. This is this will be our last episode of 2020. So <laughs> Estev, I know it. We had a great ride this year, and we are looking forward into the next year. But Estevan, I have one more question for you before we wrap everything up, and I, I could be putting you on the spot, but. And this is also teasing a conversation we're going to be having next week. But if you know, try to think about it for a little bit. Esteban, what was your favorite movie and or TV show TV show of 2020? If you can remember all the things you've watched this year. Oh, of 2020, I've been drunk for most of the year. Um, <laughs> uh, let me think about it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm putting you on the spot here. Um. Well, you know, one of the ones that pops into my mind. Uh, frequently that I've rewatched a few times is Knives Out. I really enjoyed Knives oh. Out. Oh. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I love that whole mystery and idea um, of that whole film. And I thought that was a beautiful cast. Um, that was an amazing cast, honestly. It wasn't just beautiful. Um, and so Knives Out kind of pops out into my mind. Uh, Wonder Woman is going to probably stick in there as well, too. Uh, Show-wise, uh... I'm going to probably say Shit's Creek just because I'm such a Shit's Creek fan that I was really okay. waiting for that last season to come out. So I kind of re-binged all the other five seasons of Shit's 
and um, kind of made that a priority for whenever it came out. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think what else did I watch, like show wise. I, I yeah no I I don't I, it was kind of it's a it's a lot of content to kind of to think about what what you might have seen this year. I recently um, just finished Star Girl on HBO Max. That was fun. Oh okay, yeah that that was a new series this year, right? Yeah, that was a new that's... series this year that was originally started on the DC Universe app, and then that's they right. were going to give it to CW, and then I think CW gave it to HBO Max. Um, so, <laughs> so which was like it kind of bounced around, but yeah, I just finished that one, and that was that was a nice one. You could tell that that was gonna that was gonna be a little bit more adult ish for but still kid ish kind of friendly i don't know it was like family right. friendly but still had a, a more serious tone to it as opposed to like some of the other cw shows so you could tell okay. like there was a little bit difference towards it but yeah i enjoyed that too oh All and right. then the mandalorian uh, i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah the mandalorian was great uh, that's definitely one of the highlights of 2020 as far as shows are concerned um yeah. but with with that you know uh Ernesto and I, we're going to be talking about the best of 2020 next week. So I kind of, I was curious to hear your opinion on it, uh, at least on your take on 2020 from what you can remember. But yes, for next week, for Ernesto and myself, we're going to be talking about the best of 2020 movies and maybe TV shows. Uh, what we found out was like the highlights of it all. And we're also going to take a preview of 2021, what we can look forward to. Probably going to be very similar to 2020, whatever it wasn't yeah. released. Um, but we are looking forward to the, these movies nonetheless. We're also going to be re- reviewing the other film that came out on Christmas Day, Disney Pixar's Soul. So you can look forward to all of that next week. And who knows, maybe Wonder Woman and Soul might be in our top picks of 2020. You're going to have to find out next week uh, on our first episode of 2021. So um, so with that, if you want more from us, you can always go over to our Instagram page at boxoffice underscore Avengers. The movie conversation continues over there on our Instagram. And damn it, I said it again. It's the cram. <laughs> it's the cram. <laughs> Instagram. Uh, it, it happens like every other show. Like I'm thinking about it and I'm like, fuck, I said it. <laughs> uh, over on, on our, not a, I got to really put on a shirt. I seriously do. Uh, Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. You will not be disappointed. Estevan, thank you very much for continuing to say yes to come on our show. I know. I don't know why. Well, you uh, keep saying yes. I don't know why. I, well, I mean, because you, cause you ask. If Ernesto asks, I'm oh. usually saying no to him. He's oh, understood. That's why I always send you, because I always know he's going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, guys. I always enjoy being on the show with y'all. So I can't wait to 2021, so I want to discuss more movies and shows with y'all. Are you, are yes, you putting and... your name on anything that you want to come and talk about? Before. Now's oh, your chance. God, what? Uh, Suicide Squad. I'm calling it now. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Suicide Squad, and then horror. I want to pick a horror next um, go around with y'all as well too. So I want to. All right. So maybe a Halloween good. special next year. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, I want to do something. Ernest yeah, was like, we'll, "I'll we'll see you in October." All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's don't, like, <laughs> "Don't talk to me before then." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's like, come on, only a couple times a year. It's like, we got, we yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then if James Bond ever comes out, then maybe I'll join y'all for some James Bond talk. Oh, James all right. Bond. All right. He, he's getting us throughout the whole year. He's like, I want that one. I want that one. Oh, and I want that one. All right, here we go. Let me pull out my map real quick. Yeah, yeah and all right. <laughs> Here's all the releases. 2021. All right, all right. I want to I want to clock in on a, a February 14th and a, all right, then yeah, April that 2nd, one, that, that one, one. And, a, and, uh, and June definitely June 15th. All right, so you got you got me here. Okay, good. Okay. Um, don't call me. I'll call you. Don't worry. About yeah, it. I'll call you. <laughs> but it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and thank you always for coming back on. It's it's been it's been a great conversation as always. Um, yeah. So for that. That is the end of 2020. I hope you guys have the rest of a fancy. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your holiday season, whatever you guys may do, and ring in the new year the best way possible. We will see you next year. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Been your host, Ernesto Santos. See ya.